everybody, it's the interview queen, Alicia Toot here, and you are currently listening to and obviously enjoying Queen's Court. Hi, I'm the Asian sensation, Kanji. You're listening to Queen's Court. Hi, guys, this is the Queen of Queen's Massage talking, and I am so happy to introduce you to the Queen's Court. Welcome to this week's episode of Queen's Court with your girl, the Queen of N.E. And we're here to talk NXT TakeOver Portland. All grown up NXT is on its own night, solo, on a Sunday evening. No other pay-per-views, all by itself. I feel like the training wheels have come off. I'm really excited for it. But I'm not alone. As advertised on Twitter earlier this week, I have the man, the myth, the legend. Foul Original is here in the castle. I'm so honored to have you on the show. Welcome, Foul. Well, uh, thank you, Queen. I mean, people can't see, but I'm curtsying right now. I don't curtsy that often, but I didn't want my train to go everywhere. But thank you so much for having me uh, and having me in the castle. Like, you know what? Yeah, it's a kick-ass castle. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. We try over here at Queen Productions, uh, you know, to have a nice little little place for us to hang out and talk some wrestling. So, I love the drawbridge, the drawbridge on the way in. That was amazing. Isn't that fun? You have to have a nice big drawbridge. You have to have an awesome moat. Because if not, do you even castle? Like, you don't. See, that's the thing. That's the thing. If I don't see at least four knights outside, then I can't spend a night in that castle. You're not well protected. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, Fowl, I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad you wanted to chat with me and you agreed to chat with me. Thank goodness. Because um, <laughs> there's a lot to break down from this show. There's a lot to talk oh. about. So firstly, different day for NXT, as I mentioned. Did you like that it's on Sundays when there's no other WWE program going on? Or do you miss that it was on a Saturday? So as just a, like, so being from the UK, right. um, just just as like a selfish thing, I hated it being on Sunday, like because <laughs> sure. it re- ruined my whole ruined my whole week. But like I like it being on a Saturday night, um, because it has that kind of big feel to the whole weekend. You have like the NXT, you've got like the big pay per view, and then other promotions will put stuff in between. Um, but I do like it. It, it kind of took me back to the old two and a half hour Sunday night pay-per-views. Mm. Um, and so, you know what? Having that length of show on a Sunday, I was cool with it. I was cool with it. Yeah, it was definitely exciting. It, it made me feel like WWE thought that it was a bigger deal because that's their big money <laughs> night. All of their pay-per-views are on Sunday nights. Um, that's how they roll. So at least within recent years, right? So... <laughs> Uh, very interesting. I actually kind of liked it. I missed a little of the Saturday for the same reason as you. It's nice. It gives you like, oh, I have this event happening. And it's like the whole weekend because Sunday, you know, you're getting ready for Monday and meh. so, mm-hmm. you know, and then you have to stay up late. But what's nice about NXT is that it's not the seven hour pay-per-view events. <laughs> <laughs> That's what makes them so nice. They're concise, aren't they? They're concise. They like are. the one thing that I had to say from last night, and I say it like every time, is the shows flow so well. Like they just 
they you don't ever feel a point in the in the night when you're like like for example as i said like i do the watch alongs so i don't got pee break like there's no pee break in an nxt show like i'm trying to find the time to nip out and i can't because it's just action the whole way through and it doesn't take me away from it like i feel invested the whole way through yeah i think that's what's really special about the environment of nxt being in the crowd even watching on your screen it's hard hitting all of the time there's not a lot of muss or fuss they don't have a lot of backstage segments going on and their video packages are like you said concise it's quick here's what happened here's why we're fighting and now we're gonna fight boom 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 Mm -hmm. um and you don't want to miss anything, I feel like, because it's, yeah. you know, you don't have your piss break match like you were mentioning. I always can count on Bobby Lashley to, like, come on the screen and then I can go use the restroom, get a snack, <laughs> refill my water. Can't do that in NXT. I'll miss someone jumping off something. I know. And it's like, or I'll miss, like, a tiny nuance of something. Like, there's been so many times when, like, like... For example, Mora Ranala will say something hilarious on commentary, and then that'll be the second I'm not paying attention, and it will get memed everywhere. Um, there's just so much to this, so much to be thankful for when you watch an NXT show, like yeah. a short pre-show and everything. Just bam, 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 bam. I bam. totally agree with you. And this one I felt was one of the most. It's weird to say one of the most stacked takeovers because I feel like they're all stacked, but. <laughs> The big fight feel that each of these matches had on their own, never mind putting them all together on the same show, I feel like was paramount here. So mm. going into the to TakeOver, did you have anything that you had your eye on that you were like, oh, this is maybe my match of the night. This may be the one that I'm most interested in or I'm looking forward to. Well, just like yourself on Twitter, I put some predictions out. Obviously, you put them in podcast form as well. But I put mine out, and I got six for six. Very happy about that. Um, the matches, I was, yeah. I saw what you were doing. I saw you on Twitter as well. You were like right. five for five at one point. Right, and I was baby. like, going to do it, i got to do it. I was like, I'm going to come on this show with 100%. Uh, got but, it. Uh, yeah, the one match that I was really excited for, and it delivered, and it delivered, and it delivered, was Keith Lee versus Dominic oh. Dijakovic. That match, like, before the match, I was like, that's two big old beefy boys that are going to beat the crap out of each other. And then when they did, like, just the start, like, obviously we'll talk about this later, but that was the one match that I was really excited for. And it delivered, like, massively, um, Every match had something there for me, but that was the one that um, I was really, really excited for. Oh, same. Uh, if you've ever had the chance to watch, anybody who's listening, of course, to watch their match, PWG from 2017 on the Indies, holy jeez. <laughs> These guys tear the house down every time they face each other. So, like, going into it, and we'll just dive right in because it's the opening match. Like, how do you open your takeover with this? How are you going to live up to that afterwards, Val? I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. We're starting with Keith Lee? I can't. And not just that, but Keith Lee starts off and, like, you know, you've got these two guys and what you normally see in, like, you know, a big hoss fight, yeah, you see the two guys, you know, like, squaring off, maybe a little yeah. bit of fighting outside. No, we start off with Keith Lee pulling a goddamn Hurricane Rana in the middle of the ring. Like, what is life? Like, what, what was going on? I was just... I was just like, what is this? And, like, that's, like, one of the first moves of the match. If all you wanted to do was find out what these two guys could do, like, that was there. Like, that was 
just one of the highlights of that match. Um, and goddamn, like the whole match reminded me of like, like over the last year, I watched my first G1, the New Japan, and oh, that yeah. match, like I know it's Faust first G1, and I looked and I was like, I was like, oh my god, this match is like um, Tomohiro Ishii going up against like Shingo Takagi. It's just two guys that want to beat the shit out of each. Wait a second, like beat the poop out of each other. <laughs> rules but they wanted to beat the crap out of each other so much and they did it and like there were just certain like sequences like the 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 top rope spanish fly uh in the match i was like i saw them getting up there and i was like they're not gonna they're not gonna they're not gonna really oh my god they are oh my god they are and uh just just oh just so much in that match but yeah two old big old beefy boys just locking heads yeah, this is when I see a big hoss fight. This is what I want out of my big hoss fight. These guys can move. They have great in ring chemistry. Like you mentioned, the amazing Hurricane Rana just to kicked off this show just just gives you the taste of like what you're about to get into. The crowd was behind this match. All of us watching at home were behind this match. Twitter was going nuts. I just remember seeing that corkscrew that uh, Dijakovic did off the top rope, and I was like. Did that just happen? I rewound just so I could watch it again. <laughs> just I, so I enjoy it. I, I was like, I felt like I was watching a match from the X Division in TNA. And I was like, oh shit, he just pulled out a spiral tap out of nowhere. Like, those, the size of those guys, yeah, like, as, as, a, as, as a large and in charge individual myself, like, I, uh, I specifically used to look at Samoa Joe as my, like, inspirational figure for, like, well, he can do it. I'm now looking at Keith Lee, and I'm like, but have you seen Keith Lee, though? And, like, Dajakovic just kept up, Dajakovic kept up with him the whole time. Like, the one thing that I have to say from that match is, people don't realize how big both of those men are, because when you look at Dajakovic, he looks a little bit smaller than Keith Lee, but Keith Lee's already massive enough as it is. I think the first time that I understood like the size differential was when Keith Lee faced off against um, Brock Lesnar at the Rumble, and I was like, "Oh my God, he's massive! Like yeah. he's, he's not just a big guy, and he like he's got abs. Keith Lee has abs. Have you seen? Like Keith Lee has everything. Keith Lee has everything. He's got he charisma. Does. He's got mic ability. He's got in ring ability. He looks so good." With that North oh. American strap, does he not? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh. It's like made for him. Yeah, it is like it's made for him. It looks perfect, and the bask in his glory thing is so catchy. You know, and that's not to take anything away from Dijakovic. I think he's really, really damn awesome. He's very, very talented. But this match was an absolute banger to open up the pay-per-view, and I was like, great, so we could just be done, right? Like, I'm good. I don't even <laughs> think I want to see anything else. Like, I could just turn this off and be super satisfied with my subscription to the network today. <laughs> you know what I mean? That was worth the $9.99 a month. <laughs> I got my $9.99 right now, right here. <laughs> I know. Um, Jeez. This, I think, oh, yeah, I think this was my match of the night. How about for you? Um, Definitely, like, it was one of two of my matches of the night. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say the one later, but, yeah, this was, like, it, it's one of those matches where – if you just wanted to show someone what NXT was all about mm. and like how to maybe change their perception of what wrestling could be. And like, you could just show them this one match, like just this one match and say, this is what happens in wrestling now. 
and I'm sure that you'd like uh, convert like so many people to it because um, it was really special. Like, it was really special. It was really special. Really brilliant way to kick off this show. Um, and I love their hug at the end. Just the amount of respect uh, they have for one another, I think, is another thing you don't see enough of. And it's really cool. As I say, going back to that, there's a point yeah. in the match here, actually at the beginning of the match, and I remember catching this, when like Keith Lee comes out and he's holding up his title and he has that like he has that smile, doesn't he? That kind yeah. of like, oh, oh, we're gonna have fun smile. And he looks at Dajakovic just as he walks along and he just smiles at him the whole way along and just follows him along. I remember just going, Oh my god, these guys are gonna kill it. Like this is before the match has even started. Yeah. Um, and you're right, it's that charisma, oh yeah, like it's just special and Keith Lee is gonna be the best ever universal champion of all time you can see it like he is going to just make that title his own can't wait oh, to see it i can't wait to see it either he's got big things in his future uh nxt is just the beginning north american title just the beginning um phew. I, and it's hard for me like to to say that i want him to do other things because i love him in nxt and i mm. want to see him do so many other things here but i feel like if anybody's made for a big stage, if anybody's made for a WrestleMania moment, it's Keith Lee. You know, he's just got oh it. My God. Keith Lee, Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. Lesnar goes for the super uh, star, uh, the shooting star press again. Keith Lee counters with a freaking spiral tap. Like, that's all we need to see. Uh, that would be the end of life. I don't think anyone could ever do a better WrestleMania match than that of all time. Like, that, that's we'll retire. Kind of that's it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Our swan song. We're out. <laughs> Exactly. We're done. Nothing could ever top this ever again. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, absolutely crazy. And, you know, you got to feel for the whoever has to follow this. <laughs> but um, we went from one absolute murder fest <laughs> trying to kill each other. That chair spot, by the way, was absolutely insane. Oh, damn. You know, things that we could talk about just from this one match. We could do like a whole podcast just on it. I can't. I know. There were just so many things that I yeah. saw in this match I've never seen before. Never seen before. Like, you know, there's sometimes when you look at, like, how the WWE can approach certain, like, things. So, like, like the deathmatch. Like, obviously, yeah. you're a big deathmatch fan, yeah? I am. We've seen the version that Kenny Omega would do um, on AEW. And that was, obviously, I'm not massively, like like i don't i don't know that much about deathmatch scene other than things that i've seen mm -hmm. but that felt like a really good representation of how far you could go in a mainstream company yeah and like and the wwe can't really do that because you got to stop and put your gloves on when someone has the little boo-boo so like seeing how they worked around that oh my god that's why this is my second match of the night because like my god my god like it's they're just killing each other. they were just killing each other and but what can you say <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely like i i really appreciate being able to see their um their interpretation of so many different matches especially in nxt um because it's the way that the booking happens you can see that there there are like nods like, mm -hmm. like there was specific thing i remember seeing or go all go all over twitter which was when rhea ripley did like the fake punch thing uh no the dark order punch and i was watching it and i was like, i was like that was not an accident no. that was not, that was definitely a million percent not an accident oh yes <laughs> but it's 
it's like rewarding us. It's rewarding us as wrestling fans that watch so much of everything else. So to be able to see something like that, and obviously as well at the moment, Fowl is a massive fan of like the heel, the heel ladies, and Dakota Kai being healed, Dakota Kai. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's like, it's like now I'm angry because because you're doing bad things, but you're still Dakota Kai. Like it's I don't, like. I, but everything that Tegan Knox did as well, like in this, oh god, I know. Like, it it was wild. So, how do you go from the Keith Lee Dijakovic craziness to a street fight? Tegan Knox, Dakota Kai. I am also Team Dakota Kai all the way. Team kick I, every day. I, all all day every day. I really really love her. And you know, someone was talking to me, and I'm curious about your perspective. You know, she had such a a kind of short little stint in NXT before she got so hurt and was gone for such a long time. And someone said to me, you know, she hasn't really been around that much, but like the impression that she made on the fans of NXT is so strong that when she came back and like they, and then obviously now the heel turn, just the level of how much she and even Tegan is beloved in NXT was kind of crazy to them. So I was curious about what you thought about that part. It's really interesting because, like, Dakota Kai, she's, like, a natural babyface. Mm-hmm. She's natural. She gets the crowd going. Like, she's really, really enthusiastic. And she has a great look. And, like, so it just all fits together perfectly. I think the major thing is that she has such... Because of that, people were waiting for her to do something. And it's really unfortunate that she got injured as many times as she did. And in the way... And for the length of time that she did. Because she kind of missed out on... She missed out on the building of the women's division in NXT. She missed out on stuff like that four-way. Where we had, like, Io Shirai going up, you know, for the first episode of NXT. She missed out on so much of that. So I can see how people would say she's not been around. Um, the way that she came back and the way that she turned heel, I think that that was perfect, perfect because it just gave you that snapshot. Like, And, you know, as a fan as well, you can say she can say the same thing. Well, I've been here. I was a big deal. And now you don't care because I got injured. You obviously don't all and no one cares about me. Fine. I, in this match, I want to screw you all. And even like the screw job in the War Games match was done perfectly because you kind of like what i really like about nxt and something that later on happens as well is the shades of gray like you can you can see things from dakota kai's point of view and you can understand which is always a well-written villain but you can understand where she's coming from and unlike where Bailey's thing is, where she kind of goes, oh, you all like abandoned me and whatever, which doesn't really make any sense. Right. Dakota makes a lot of sense. Because just as you've said, like, she's made the impression, but people are like, who is she? Where is she? What's she doing? Um, and I felt like she was going to be one of those big faces that they were going to push on NXT when it went to USA. Um, so it's just a shame. It's just a shame, really. I know. But you know what is not a shame? Mm-hmm. This heel, she has just embraced this role like so well. And and you mentioned it. That heel turn was perfect. It it was well timed. The the nastiness and the level of nastiness of it. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. And you know, when when you're going after your former best friend, whew, bitter bitter rivals, best friends, 
It's a good yeah. thing. My friend Chris said that on uh, my little prediction show yesterday when we did it, and or yesterday would be a Sunday. Everybody's listening now. Of course, it's Wednesday, but um, he said it. Best friends make better rivals, man. Mm-hmm. So good. Every single time, and like that's what I always love about these storylines as well, because you also get to see the because they know each other so well you get to see those really really smart transitions and those really really smart sequences that nxt are renowned for and you see those sequences where it's like oh my god they know each other so well that what are they going to do next like what can they do next which is i think something that really happens and yeah like the way that that heel turn went down and the way that she has played it like where it's well it's not my fault. I'm just going to be hardcore now. I'm just going to start beating people up now. That's just how it is. Like, yep. no one, no one miss nice, uh, nice Dakota, and it works so well. Um, but it also works with like, obviously, a lot of people probably familiar. But Tegan Knox is like a major deathmatch wrestler over here in the UK as well. Yeah. So, yeah. so I was watching that match going, oh my god, you've got two people in there that are just going to take it to the limit as far as they can go, and yep. maybe try to get over that edge a little bit as well they're gonna try it homegirl pulled out those chains and i was like oh she's comfortable she feels uh-huh. good right now you know <laughs> she's like all right let's go pulls them all out and i'm like okay we're gonna we're gonna go <laughs> um and then she did the molly go round too on oh, top of that foul like this was crazy uh, even the even the starting like the trash can uh the yeah, trash, the trash can, can yes like what the hell was that i'm watching and i was like so who actually got hurt here? I was like, did Dakota just throw the trash can at her? Did she just, like, lean up? No, for some reason, Tegan Knox decided that she was just going to try and kill herself at the beginning of the match. Like, right. weird senton. It was a really fun street fight for these two. Yeah. I was definitely invested in their storyline, of course. And I was interested in what they were doing. I loved the tape. Mm-hmm. Tape Tegan's wrist to the to the little turnbuckle there. Love that. Um, I I think the only thing that made me not like this match was the ending foul. I gotta be honest. Yeah. I don't mind run-ins. I don't mind, you know, people coming in to screw up a match with somebody. You're right. Cause uh, if it's done right, you can really fuel that feud forward. Right. So like, I, it's not really that. I think it's the lack of knowledge as to who this person is, the lack of understanding, um, the really kind of crappy table spot kind of made put a put a bad taste in my mouth that didn't look right. I was a little nervous for that, and um, it just was very confusing. Uh, I know she was in the May Young Classic, of course. Raquel Gonzalez they changed her name. Um, I, I know, but it, it just seemed so odd for this particular feud. And like, and I totally hear the argument, by the way, that mm-hmm. let's let things play out. Let's see what they're going to do with it. And and that's not really the thing that I have the issue with. Like, I'm all for that. Let's see what they're going to do before I'm, we make judgments, uh, if it's, it's good or bad. I just don't think I like the way that they ended this, particularly as they built towards it. So I'm very curious to what you thought about that. What I take away from that, and I totally agree, is the confusion. Like, it was confusing. Like, it was really confusing because some people thought that it was, like, Shayna Baszler. Someone said, like, like people were like, we don't know who this is. That didn't help. And mm. also, after the table spot, like, I thought the table spot, yeah, looked dangerous. But I always, in my mind, had this kind of, whatever happens tonight, Dakota Kai's winning. And I got that rival prediction. Dakota yeah, Kai's winning. Same. 
but it will be obviously but it will be shenanigans yeah but i thought it was obviously to keep the feud going Mm -hmm. and i thought dakota kai was going to do something which was going to be maybe she take advantage of tegan and tegan's like because she's really angry and she does something she makes a mistake dakota picks up and she's like ah got you but instead like raquel turns up and then i didn't know who she was i remember watching i was like is that ivalice i don't know i don't really know any of the tall ladies i was it like, like sonia deville didn't it yes a, little bit. a lot of people like, yeah a lot of people like is that sonia deville i think that was very similar to the um uh, the dominic uh kane velasquez situation sure. it's like is dominic up there on the ramp he's shaved his head why no no that's kane velasquez like um i think that it was very similar and i i particularly didn't didn't like that ending because then even like dakota kai like the confusion just seemed to like go all around dakota kai looks at her and is a bit like who are you (laughs) she's like i got yeah and she's like all right let's go to the back then like it was just very like at least if maybe she'd been a bit like i don't need your help who the hell are you and then just left but it's almost like i I understand like i understand that is a perfect what's going to happen on nxt next week that is a perfect like sure. we've got Dakota Kai and she's gonna let us know what she's gonna, what happened or maybe they let it sit for a few more weeks um, and you have that enforcer role but it would have made more logical sense to have Dakota Kai at least know who the hell this person is first yes because that also kind of goes against like the women's division paying any attention to the Mae Young Classic because in theory wouldn't they be like oh yes if commentary know they'd be like oh yeah I know you from like when we were like in a in a tournament together at one point like but that didn't really seem to happen and i think it was just it was a lot of confusion i liked the match Mm -hmm. i wasn't a big fan of the ending but at the same time it keeps them both strong like you know especially if dakota didn't want the help uh tegan can say that she tried everything she could she got choke slammed didn't she um through that table Mm -hmm. so there's there's some like continuation of a story there as well like you know between her like i can see them having a match in a few weeks and maybe build up towards takeover but yeah just to just to it's i think it's hard to start a feud like that with a street fight though and i think that's where maybe it was a bit yeah that... I, I i feel the same way and i also feel the same way about like hell in a cell in that way if mm. you're gonna do that then that should be towards the end of your massive blood feud that's mm. how i feel about it because it's you know you're gonna take it to the streets you're gonna throw it out like you're gonna for the ladies i'm gonna take my hoops out i'm gonna put my hair <laughs> back and we're gonna throw it out right if it's yeah. more of a normal regular fight i don't really have to do that so it just i don't know it was very strange and like where do they go from here and who is this person but you're right it really was the confusion piece on Dakota's face that was like well, I, now I really don't like it <laughs> I didn't like it before but now like I really don't like it you know what like this is something that happened later on and I wanted to I wanted to get your thoughts on it but they, yeah. what they should probably do then is just put a big picture up on the screen with their name on it now because that's what they seem to do for everything else with all the crowd to do it oh uh, I'm sure we're going to talk about this later but yeah anyway yeah it's just really weird I don't know, buddy. I don't know. It was a, uh-uh. okay, well, moving on, <laughs> I guess. Yep, 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 swiftly moving on. Swiftly moving on from that, uh, now we get one of my favorite people. Well, actually two of my favorite people, but one more so than the other. Uh, 
this match, the prince has returned, honey. He is back in full effect versus Johnny Wrestling. Good golly, Miss Molly. The abs on these humans. Mm-hmm. I just you look at the screen and you're like, but how? Like, what do you eat? <laughs> I'm <gonna> say. <laughs> Like it's, it's not a not a single fat molecule on you. I don't I like how. It's not just that. It's it's times like that that I look at my screen, like my TV screen, and I realize that like I'm never gonna look like that. <laughs> yes, yeah, I'm like, oh. it's like it's like it's not just abs. It's abs on abs on abs. Yeah. yeah. With like nothing like and there is no, and then the best part is is that it's like there's the six pack. Then there's the eight pack, then there's the twelve pack, and then there's Finn Balor. Like there's just yes. like there's like a there's like a there's like a like a scale, yeah. And he's at the top of that scale. Like, but funnily enough, on that scale, Keith Lee's also on that scale because he also has abs. How does he have abs? But yes, yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. I do, I do agree. Like, and I love, I love the fact that he comes out as Prince Prince now. Like, oh. like he is, he's so happy, he's so happy. I can, I can, I can that, feel. Right? Yeah, 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 like he is so. You can tell how happy he is as well. Like he is just like I don't care. Like bearing in mind that he spent most of the time on a main roster, like you know, throwing his junk into our face. He's happy to do it now, like for real. Like I'm cool with it. Like it's, it's amazing. It's. So I feel like I feel like I need to get like an atomizer to spritz you. I don't know if yeah, like... I need the fan hashtag. Get the fan. I can't uh, with him, Mister Queen. knows, <laughs> so it's all right. But um. Listen, I love Prince Balor. You know, um, in New Japan, that's who he was, sort of. It's a very different version, you know, because it's not New Japan, it's NXT. But it's that vibe. Mm -hmm. And I think people forgot or didn't know (laughs) that this is a thing that Finn can do. They are very used to Babyface Finn or Demon Finn, which mm-hmm. both are excellent. But he hits on another plane when he's like this. And it, it, the entrance is good. The finger guns is great. The nastiness on his face. But oh, it's like yeah. exuding this confidence and like ease with himself. And he's just ready to absolutely throw down. It's wonderful. It's like- when you watch the crowd, yeah, like there's even a difference to the way that he interacts with the crowd as this version of himself. Like, obviously, when he used to come out before, he does like the hand thing and, you know, all the crowd are all happy with him. It's like there's a difference in his entrance. Like he comes out, he doesn't do that hand thing until he gets into the ring. And then there's like there's this amazing shot that they always have of um, of Balor and it's just him and the sea of people behind him and there were some specific shots yesterday which I was in awe of because mm-hmm. the crowd were all with him every single person in that arena like they raised their hands at the same time and like it was just a beautiful it was a beautiful picture to be able to see like that how different he can be when he's allowed to be him when he's allowed that little bit more opportunity to work on his character and you're right like i i found finn balor after like towards the end of him leaving new japan that's kind of my entrance into new japan and entrance Mm -hmm. into the elite and everything and i remember hearing about this guy and seeing 
like interviews and the way that he just was and that is that guy now after that night at backstage when he was like prince is back like he has been that guy the whole time and like it's amazing because i think the one thing is people always you know when he's the when he's the um, the demon it's like mm. he used to the question always used to be oh is he coming out as the demon or is he coming out as finn bella oh well he's gonna lose either way oh now it's like that doesn't matter i remember in my watch along people were like oh is he coming out as the demon and i was like uh no he's coming out as prince devitt yo <laughs> like yeah. That's what he's doing, yeah he's not coming out he doesn't need to come out as the demon prince devitt is stronger than the demon like and and like but it makes him like a real character now and it gives those like even like last night's match if he was if he came out as the like the demon he's winning but if he comes out as prince like even though you know he's going to win there's that little bit of doubt in your mind again oh maybe he won't do it this time it's just beautiful it's beautiful it's like i love i love the re the rehab of prince uh, of finn balor of just a very short time that he's been in NXT. He has, like, his whole career has been rehabbed, I feel. And, like, yeah, Will awesome. can get him such a better way. Yeah. Yes, absolutely right. And, you know, it's cool. It's cool to see Devitt a little bit in there. And mm. he's, he's, he's a new, he's an older, nastier NXT prince. It's got a little bit of that flavor, but it's still a callback. And I, that's what I think is the most special part for, for those of us who loved him in New Japan. And then mm-hmm. we get to kind of kind of have that back uh, as I'm wearing a Bullet Club hat, obviously. Uh, okay. You know, I love the guy. He's the inventor. But he's facing Johnny Wrestling, who, until later, was the baby face of the <laughs> This guy, I'm gonna get you, Johnny. Anyway, um, yeah. So he's facing Johnny Wrestling, and you know that this is gonna be great. Um, the back and forth between them both was awesome. The crowd was like, didn't know who to cheer for. So mm-hmm. like, you could, like I even don't know who to cheer for. And I love Finn Balor so so much. Like I know I have to root for him, but I also love Johnny Wrestling. The stuff that he's able to do, nobody's like that. Nobody does it quite like Johnny Gargano does. And um, the amount of, not the amount, the pacing of this match, I thought was spectacular. Yeah. Yeah. Like, spot on. So good. A++++. The whole thing. My favorite part, though, was the ending. As if you couldn't cement Finn as top dog right now, other than, of course, Adam Cole and Ciampa. He was kneeling that cocky pin on Gargano at the end, and he put his hand right on his face. Oh, pointing yeah. right down at him. Oh, my God, it was so good. You know, I loved about that was oh. he, won, he won it, and then, yeah, he just, like, he doesn't even wait to celebrate. He just starts shouting at him, and he's, like, basically, like, that's it. You're done. I'll beat you. And then as he's walking back, you can hear him, and he's like, do you hear me? Do you hear me? I'm done with all these people now. I'm ready for business. Who the hell wants me next? Like, I was like, oh, shit. Like, he's beat Johnny Gargano decisively. He's then, yeah, like, as you said, the cocky pin, he's rubbed his face in it. He's like, oh, I'll yeah. beat you. I'll be, and he didn't like that's such an old school heel thing to do but such a baller thing to do as well such a debit thing to do like to come over like i beat you now yeah what are you gonna do like there's nothing you could do i beat you 
you are done i am moving on like that's what i love about that that wasn't like let's continue this going let's keep it going and especially because the story running up to this was gargano saying i'm gonna take you out because you shouldn't have done all this stuff and it's a bit like well guess what the bad guy wins that's what i loved about it as well it was like it was that story where the villain wins and you're happy with it like you're cool with it because you're like well you know but that's that shades of gray thing isn't it it's like i like this because yes he's a dick but he's my dick like and it's like i love it it? like that's what i love about it he's acting like a total bastard but he's my bastard and i love him (laughs) he can do no wrong um what a great great match uh it just I, i don't even know how you can talk about it other than Please watch it if you haven't. I just feel like it, it furthers their story. It props Finn up so much. But it does a lot for Gargano, I think, too, even in his loss. And even though Finn is screaming at him like, I'm done with you, I, I don't feel like it hurts Johnny, really. Like, truly, in the end. Yeah. Because he's and just I, one of those people in the next scene, you know? And with Johnny as well, I think part of what he is is that he tries so hard and the crowd forgive him for a lot anyway. Right. Obviously, later on stuff, but the crowd will forgive him and the crowd like are always behind him. So the crowd are like, you know what? You lost, but you're still Johnny. You're still Johnny wrestling. It's cool. Don't worry about it. Like, And I think that's, again, that shade of grey, but the special connection that certain people have with the crowd. Gargano has that every single day of the week. Oh, all day and twice on Sunday. This was an mm. excellent match. What a banger. It just kept going from here because then all of a sudden we see it's going to be the women's NXT championship match coming after this one. And I'm like, I need a second. Like, can the tag teams come out? I need to breathe. Like, I just like, I need something to happen. I need some shenanigans to go on. I need a breath. We didn't get it. And we had Rhea Ripley versus Bianca Belair. And before we talk about this match, I, I have to throw in some wrestling fashion here. Okay. We love our hashtag wrestling fashion. Mm-hmm. JPQ and I, we love it, love it, love it. And whenever Bianca Belair came out in that freaking robe, Black History in the Making, and it's all over her gear, and it's that royal purple color, honey, and we are just in full celebration, and she looks spectacular. Every she, inch a superstar to the nines. She looked like an African warrior. Like, yeah. you know, I've got I've got some African um, blood in me. And like it was it was insane. I remember the first time I saw her, I was like, she had like the um uh like the African jewelry, you know, over her neck. Like she came out with that like really great like it, she, she just looked amazing. And I remember thinking she looked like a Wakandan warrior. Like she came out and Black History Month all over her t- like all over her gear everywhere. like it was literally everywhere and like you know like were a lot of people in the chat that were like oh does this mean that she's automatically going to win and i was like no because she's already won because she's gone out there and she's represented and wherever you look at her like which is something that i think is really interesting at the moment there seems to be a lot of focus on like naomi um yes. you know and being able to kind of f- fly that flag for african-american and other minorities um within the u.s and i think that bianca belair last night she did an amazing job at being that representation because my god if i was if i was a young african-american i would look up to her right now and i'd be like my god like she can do it i can do it so before even the match started yeah and like 
what an amazing number as well. God damn, I would I would love to wear any kind of robe in that kind of way. But Ooh, um, yes, mm, I'm gonna wear a robe mm. just normally, just in my daily life. Because yeah, hello, they're fashionable and wonderful. But she just Obviously. looked every inch a, a superstar. Uh, I really liked her for a long time, and I feel like she's kind of coming into her own now. They're they're giving her the space to be herself and to just I mean the the stuff that she's been doing weekly on NXT, the the acting ability that she throws in there, and the character work is is absolutely stellar on a hundred percent right there. Um, but I just thought that she was just looked perfect. From, absolutely from, perfect from the pre-show and it's something that like obviously like we haven't mentioned the pre-show but oh yeah Man- right. manzor was there manzor was amazing yeah, yeah was he absolutely was amazing he was great <laughs> anytime sam roberts said anything which i also loved the crap like sam roberts is on the he's on the he's on the mic and everyone's booing the second manzor said i don't i don't agree with that got a massive pop yeah and there was a point earlier in the night, which is, as you're saying, like giving giving Bianca space. Um, Sam Roberts mentioned what he said last year. He was like, last year I said Bianca Belair wasn't ready, but no, you know, she looks like she might be ready and stuff. And I was like, in a way, you can see the difference. Like, you can, yeah. like, you know, giving him the tiniest bit of credit, you can see the difference of last year to now. Last year she was there as well. I think last year just she was just trying to find her character athletically she was 100 percent there um but this year I, I was i was down for this match this was one of the other matches i was really excited for but i was just that little bit more excited for the street fight yeah i i can understand that <laughs> i can hear it uh you know and then this had a little bit of controversy behind it because would, were we going to see charlotte flair what's going to go on here what's up with this title right now because they're just pushing the charlotte thing and you know bianca was like or charlotte said to bianca that Rhea's looking right past you to me um you know so it kind of gave us a, a little weird little taste in our mouth i think for a lot of people when this was coming on because it's like okay well we have charlotte so like what's going on here so obviously Rhea's going to retain. Are they going to include Bianca in this though? Because, you know, someone said something earlier and I'm, I'm remiss because I didn't write it down. Um, but they were talking about is, is Bianca going to get like the Kofi thing and ride that Kofi train, oh. you know, get that push like he did because he was oh. accidentally put in um, because of course uh, Ali, Mustafa Ali was hurt and got put mm-hmm. into that spot and was like, rocket straight to the moon. And we got that amazing run of Kofi Mania, past Mania, a great championship run from him. So mm-hmm. they were like, ooh, is Bianca getting that thing right now? Because it's not really so much accidental, like she got put in something, like Kofi did. But it's, she has mm-hmm. showed out so much that people are riding that train. And like, yes, like, we want to see her right now. Um, so that one I thought was really interesting. Mm. Yeah, I mean, like with with both of them, I think the thing about Rhea Ripley is in the space of what, not even a year, because we say a year, but it's not been a year. It's been less than that. In the space of about, what, seven months, six yeah. months, she has gone from not being an afterthought, but definitely not being the person that you would put a company on and put a, yeah. a championship on to in the space of about five months after war games and all that. Um she's a star like it's automatic she doesn't need the title bianca belair i think is a star like she doesn't but she i feel needs the title because just because she's been there for so long because with rhea ripley she's had that really quick she's young she's had that quick um that 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 quick stuff 
with Bianca Belair, it feels like she'd need it to do it. And I think that it would be very interesting. Like, I, I kind of saw what would maybe happen at WrestleMania be almost like a six-pack challenge, possibly. Like, you know, mm. it would be really interesting to have, say, like, have, like, say, Rhea Ripley in there, have, like, Bianca Belair in there, have Charlotte in there, put put Baszler in there, put Asuka in there. Like, make it, like, a big... Like, yeah, it's not going to be... It's going to maybe have those kind of memories of, like, you know, the big battle royals. But if you did it right, you could get them all over. Because this year, I think, is the year that they're pushing NXT yeah. as hard as they can. And it would be really interesting to have, like, you know, all these different people with different um, different stories going on and different specifics just all coming to a head and very similar to what like Volta said, like, I don't care if everyone's fighting for your brand. I don't care about that. I'm fighting for Imperium. And that would be really interesting to see those few people in there, like the Rhea Ripley's of the world who might say, I want to do this on my own, like the Shayna Bases of the world and be like, I want to do, I don't want to work with the rest of my team. I thought that would have been quite a nice, interesting dynamic, but obviously after this match, we know that that's going to change, but um yeah, there's a lot there's a lot of stuff that can be done with this. And if anything, I like the fact that the NXT got NXT guys and girls are getting that chance to show what they can do. Well, actually yeah. show. I, I, I'm happy as well. I think the NXT women's division is something that should be absolutely celebrated. It's mm-hmm. one of, if not the strongest female roster out there right now on cable like mm-hmm. television. Um it's just stacked all the way i think they have so much potential even in the girls that are green i think there's a lot that they can do to really create future stars that's what i love so much about nxt um this match i thought was good i liked about 75 percent of it i feel like the same with her match uh, ria's match with tony storm i liked about three quarters and then there's just some yeah. about it that's just not quite right yeah like but with the rhea ripley's tony storm thing I, I, maybe it's just her maybe it's her age you know mm. what maybe it is because she does these things like Rhea which are like it's like she's making memes like like with that thing I was talking about with the Dark Order thing it's yeah. like she's 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 having fun herself and there's a few people that might get it so like during the Tony Storm match like she spanked Tony Storm and then everyone like the internet went oh yeah. and like everyone did it and I remember I was like you only did that because you knew what would happen like I am a hundred percent sure, but very similar to like the Mickey James Trish Stratus thing. It's like in the moment, it's fine, but sometimes those things don't always work out. So like in this match, I liked a lot of it, but I think a similar situation. I felt number one, it was too short. Yes, like, I thought that it, too. It was just like over. Like I remember especially like getting settled in because obviously we just had like you know, we just had like some really big matches and I'm settling in. They have that thing where they start the match and they dim the light. I love that. I love that I so much. So good. They dim the lights and then they just spotlight on each of them. It's something that I saw AEW do and then they picked yes. it up. But it's but it's great and like it just gives it and I was like, Oh my god, and I'm like down for it and like and then pretty much turned around, turned around again and I was like, Oh, like again makes sense in the grand scheme for that segment but it for everything that had been put into it for everything that had been said about it it didn't feel like the match it should have been i think that's what it is i think that's what but again it's because Rhea's still so young so to her maybe we're looking at some of these matches and going oh my god and she's just like oh, it's another tuesday like 
could be. It could be. Um, Yeah, I think that's, I I think you hit that on the nose there. It just wasn't quite what I was expecting. It was a little bit of a, you know what it was? It was the last quarter of the match. That's what I think Mm -hmm. I had the most problem with. I just didn't Mm -hmm. really like how it was being run. The pacing fell off towards the end of it. The lackluster finish, even though she did get her, it didn't feel right. And then, of course, inevitably, the queen, the other queen, makes her entrance. Like I said, I, and, I didn't, I didn't uh, see you on, I didn't see you on NXT yesterday. <laughs> yes, I wasn't there. Sadly, um, the other queen showed up, <laughs> um, looking like a million dollars. By the way, that top was. Oh, woo, hello. Good morning. Um, but uh, it seems well. She accepts, of course, Rhea's challenge officially now. That the match is over, which she kind of alluded to on NXT. Like, I'm not going to make a decision because it couldn't even be you. What if it's Bianca? So I'm not going to say anything until it's over, right? Which I thought was good. Which I thought was good. Okay, Mm -hmm. cool. Then she accepts her challenge. She lays her out. And then she goes to leave. And she turns around and grabs Bianca. Throws her into the stairs. And I'm like, "So so we're leaving the door open. For a triple threat at Mania is what we're doing here. We're leaving the door open. We're not saying that it's happening. But we're not not saying it's happening either. I'm like, okay. So right now we're establishing a Charlotte versus Rhea. Would you be shocked if it turned into a triple threat? Do you want a triple threat? So I wanted a triple threat, which was all the champions face off against each other. Ooh, Again, I thought, I thought it'd be nice because... Obviously, last year, Ronda Rousey was that third part. What if this year that third part was NXT yes. and it was Rhea? I thought that that would be a really interesting match to have Rhea go up against Becky, to go up against Charlotte. And what you're then kind of looking at is that look to the past, look to the future in the same kind of match. You're looking at someone that could, you know, the promos along the way are like, you left NXT, why would you come back now? Who do you think you are? You might be the man, but you're not the man here. I'm the man, you know, stuff like that. Like, And within a story, I thought that that would all flow. And on the run up to Mania, that could be quite cool. I'd love it to be a triple threat though, with Rhea, uh, with, sorry, with Bianca Belair, because I think that she's grown so much in this year that, she almost deserves it. I and mean, like no one really ever deserves anything. Sure. But I feel like she deserves it because she's on that kind of, you know, Rhea Ripley is not, whatever happens for the next year over the summertime, they can have that feud over summer. She is not going to drop down now. She is put herself in the mind of every single wrestling fan. Like we know who she is. Bianca hasn't, I don't think just yet. And a title victory, especially at Mania, would really help that. Um, and they could probably garner some of that Kofi kind of look that happened last year as well. I would love it to be a triple threat, though, between Rhea Ripley, Charlotte, and Bianca Belair. Because, again, it would be different. Um, or the last one that I had was um, some kind of like not a gauntlet match but matches throughout the night so you'd have like a match at the beginning of the night um charlotte v someone and then you just keep rolling to the top um kind of like a kind of like what they did at mania with daniel bryan Um, oh yeah yeah so those are the kind of places but i would really just like because i don't even though it looks like it could be interesting i don't i don't think charlotte versus rhea would be that good of a match yet 
and I think that's that that's that's my that's my major issue is because Charlotte can't lose at Mania. I would have assumed there's no third person to take the fall, so yeah. there's only one inevitable outcome. It would be good for NXT in the short term. You got Charlotte Flair there as champ, and you know. But would it just turn into that mania, that after, that roar after mania when Charlotte Flair came out and the crowd just went, "Nah, I don't like you," and then she went, "Oh no, but I'm the champion." Like, would it just turn into that? Right. It's tough. It's tough to say because um, I think a lot of this is the AEW effect, trying to get more eyes on NXT. They are pushing it, like you mentioned, uh, really hardcore as they should. I think it's established itself and doesn't need to establish itself anymore as a, a third viable third brand. I don't think you go down to NXT. I think you just make a lateral move. That's just my personal thoughts on it. And I think that putting Charlotte there as some star power would get people that watch Raw and SmackDown to tune in potentially to watch her on NXT and see what she's up to. It could cause other fans to tune in as well. Um, and, you know, if you're looking as a business, right, and you're checking into your ratings, you want to win a certain demographic and you're not getting it right now. Charlotte Flair could be a way to do that. So business-wise, I can see what they're doing and it's potential that she'll she'll end up with that title. But I think the better match is the actual triple threat. Because like you, I agree that I'm not ready. And I don't think they're ready for Rhea versus Charlotte one-on-one yet. I think it could happen eventually and it should happen. I just don't think it's right now. And I think adding in Belair with what she has to offer character-wise and her, her chemistry and her athletic ability with those two, I think has the potential to completely show out. Plus, you can easily justify it, not only because Charlotte attacked her, but because she eliminated her in the Rumble. So she mm-hmm. has, she, you know, there's callbacks and there's ways to make it happen. Plus, uh, I mean, she did lose clean to Rhea, but it doesn't mean that she can't be in that mania picture so i'm kind of hoping that's where we go well i mean again speculation wise you could always just have like the the classic which is you have Rhea go up against um bianca belair uh, or you have say bianca belair go up against charlotte yeah for this is going to be the person that faces me at mania screwy finish oh they both won oh well i guess no one lost so i guess this is now a triple threat like that's true it would I would absolutely call back to what you're saying, like with the rumble and everything, because there is that. What I like about NXT now, um, and it's something that I've loved about AEW for so long, is the attention to detail when it comes to storyline work. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you can watch, like if you're paying enough attention, you can see the video package being built up, that like you yeah. can see it happening, and you're like, oh, okay. So now you can see that you can hear the promo being built right now. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and like, no, I'd be, I'd be definitely down for that. Like, I'd but, be so down uh, for it. Oh my god, oh my god. But yeah, um, but yeah, just short match. But I like what they're doing with NXT. I like, I like what they're doing with NXT with women's yeah. division. Me too, me too. I'm very happy about it. Um, and that leads us into our second to last match, which was the for the tag team championships, of course, with undisputed eras, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish, versus the the newly minted, successful. Crowd favorite, Broserweights, Matt Riddle versus Pete Dunne. Now, I love tag team wrestling. WWE generally disappoints me with tag teams, especially on the, the red and blue brands. NXT doesn't disappoint me as much. <laughs> so that's good. <laughs> However, 
I normally have a, a big thing about makeshift tag teams. I don't like when they do that often. Mm-hmm. What I what I think is different about the Broserweights is that they became a cohesive unit. They started getting gear, color mm-hmm. schemes, building those promos together. The video packages that they created were hysterical. Mm-hmm. And the best part about it is sometimes when you put two people together out of nowhere, it becomes a success story. Yep. They are the total opposite of each other in terms of personality, look, feel. But they have very interesting fight styles. We have the MMA with Riddle. You have traditional British, like, going to mess you up, technical wrestling style. I'm going to break your body parts. And, you know, you're going to enjoy it, I guess. And <laughs> that's just it. And um, <laughs> you foil that against the Undisputed Era who has been running roughshod over NXT for the longest and they're excellent. What a match we got. This was a great tag team match. So much fun. Lots of stories, shenanigans, but like not too much shenanigans in terms of like, you know, in and out of the ring and moving around and all these parts, but it wasn't like run-ins and craziness. It just was these two teams going at it. I absolutely love this tag match. Finish was great. They gave the belts to the Broserweights. I know. And I'm happy about it. And I love Undisputed Era. I, so I, again, this is one of my predictions, yeah? Uh, the second I saw those guys together. So, like, Pete Dunn's from Birmingham, yeah? I am also from Birmingham. So, he is, and uh, he, he, he lives somewhere. I don't know where he actually lives. I've not been to his house. But he's, like, I know the area that he's come from. So, like, it's really interesting to see him with Matt Riddle because I know people like Matt Riddle from his area. So it's probably not that big of a stretch for him to, <laughs> to have to, to, do, to act. Um, but what I love about it is, is that they are having so much goddamn fun. Like, mm-hmm. it, I, I remember watching it and I was like, just the video packages beforehand. And I thought, even if they don't win the titles... They've already won our hearts. Like, course, like they, yeah. You know, and like they're as you said, they're a tag team that came out of nowhere, like absolutely out of nowhere. And on paper, they would not work. On paper, they're too they're too dissimilar. But the second that we saw that promo from the NXT, uh, I think it was it the last NXT takeover when um <laughs> uh Pete Dunn went, oh, I don't want to be blunt. And then Matt Riddle went, oh, like I remember seeing that exact second. I was like, these guys are going to kill it. And everything that they've done from that point on, the fact that they have a golf cart that has it's smoke that comes out the back. Yeah. Like the go- like even the, 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 the logo, like everything about it. Like the one thing that I'm not totally down for is the, the Bobby Fish thing. But that's mainly because I'm not that good at tongue twisters. But isn't like <laughs> how much... How many fish could but no, how many fish could Bobby Fish fry if Bobby Fish could fry fish? There and you I'm go. like Yeah, I got it. I got it once. What I loved was what I loved was they tried to put that up on the screen and like no one could do it. Like it was just a bit of a weird thing. I like that it's coming in and I like that they have that crowd interaction, but just having the little bouncing ball at the bottom, I didn't know if that was for our benefit or just because no one could understand Matt Riddle. And they were just like Well, probably. Yeah, um, but other than that, I freaking love this match. Those guys work so well together. Um, just like 
the, 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 and like because I you forget don't you sometimes that Matt Riddle is actually quite a technical wrestler so like between the two of them there was a scene when they both went for um uh there, there was a position I think they, were, they both went for submission and they're both looking at each other and then Matt Riddle like just went and kicked I think Kyle O'Reilly in the face like he got up he just kicked him in the face to break it up and I was like yeah that's smart actually like there were just so many spots in the match and it also the big thing is well i guess this goes against everybody saying that matt riddle's in trouble because why would you if you're in that much trouble you don't win the dusty cup that they've had to pay extra money to be able to get the rights to and the tag team titles at a takeover and have those video packages produced which i think is probably like the most it's the most attitude airy thing that we've seen from NXT yeah. for so long. Yeah. But uh, I I watched um uh, with there's this um there's a podcast called Mid South Memories, and he's watching Mid South at the moment, and those kind of video packages are like a really old holdover from Mid South, and I love them so much. It's like how we get to the arena. Let's spend the next week. How did you get the golf cart here? creative <laughs> some, like creative literacy or something it's just something like ridiculous like i'm not going to explain it just deal and i was like again that's that's what i'm here for um but yeah the actual match um great finish i'm really happy that they're tag champs um and i think that um they can do so like I remember trying to look at it to the future and i was like well i guess they've won the tag titles now now let's wait for the inevitable breakup at like say the next takeover i don't think so i think that they could take this the whole way because i remember talking about matt riddle and saying how do you get matt riddle over like how do you actually get matt riddle over so that vince would approve i think that's mm. more yeah it's not getting him over it's how do vince approve vince looks at the one guy that triple h has put all of his faith in pete dunn and gone okay i've seen that he's a proven commodity and you're going to team him up with matt riddle all right all right triple h uh, all right hunter he probably calls him hunter probably calls him paul actually uh hey paulie now he probably calls him bobber doesn't he hey, bobber so uh, <laughs> so how do you what do you think what do you think of this and he's like pops i told you it'd be fine actually i don't even know where we're going with this but yes so yeah I, I think that um matt riddle this is his way to this is his way to get over and pete dunn as well like they both benefit so much from this and uh if we are not seeing like bros weight like gear everywhere in the next few months over nxt i would be very very surprised like very surprised i think so too i think it's gonna continue on i think they're gonna continue to just be hilarious and people are just gonna love it kind of reminds me a little bit of like the new day in a way like not the same wrestling but like the gimmick so when they came out originally people were like what the hell is this like, I just remember it so distinctly. And then all of a sudden, boom. Everybody was in. Buying gears, bootios, unicorn horns to put on your head, a trombone. Like, there's just stuff that I feel like they, uh, Riddle and Dunn can do that's going to have a similar effect. Because at first, I remember seeing them team up and I'm like, that's going to be a hard no for me. And then all yeah. of a sudden, they wrestled and I was like, going to retract that, queen? Okay. <laughs> We were wrong. It's okay. We'll be wrong again. Um, but that's big wrong on that. And I'm, I'm, I'm really actually happy that I was so wrong and that we're getting this fun. Um, NXT has so much great wrestling, but it's nice to see them have this little comedy segment going on as well. 
and I like that they're just calling him like Bill and Ted. I yeah. love that we have yeah. I love that we literally have like a little a little like road trip stoner comedy happening in the middle of this like in all of the shows, and that's the kind of thing that goes viral. That's the kind of thing that brings that crossover appeal in. And you know how like everyone was like. And a lot of people still are poo-pooing the whole Lana, like, Lashley situation. End of the day, it brought in viewers. Massive amount of mainstream popularity. If they could get those two guys to have a very similar kind of feel, um, that would do really well. And I think that, you know, like, there's there's definitely room for them to exist. And you need to, like, especially on a show like the one that we just saw, it was very intense the whole way through. Sure. Like, they will definitely shine because they'll be the comic relief every single time, but the comic relief that can back it up, um, which is very, very rare. Very rare. Oh, and what's better than that? Mm. I can only think of one thing, and that is this championship match, Val. The NXT championship match, he's back, finally back, to try and reclaim Goldie, Tommaso Ciampa, the Sicilian psychopath, versus Adam Cole, baby. For the title, honey. Let me tell you, I was devastated when Ciampa got hurt. He is my favorite in NXT. Mm-hmm. Like, I have several favorites, but, like, some, especially when he was a heel. Ooh, that was just life for me. I, I really just was so much behind him. Um, And then he was, you know, out, and here we are. Now he's back. And they went through. I've, I, I. Uh, I was invested in all these matches, especially Keith Lee's, but like I was yelling at my Twitter keyboard going, come on, <laughs> talking to people, texting, like what's going on with this match right now? Absolute madness, ma- madness, so many near falls, so much craziness, a little bit of shenanigans, obviously at the end, but then you double the shenanigans because you have undisputed and then Johnny Gargano comes out, which we'll get to. But the match itself, I thought, was absolutely wild. When Adam Cole powerbombed him into the announce ta- uh, announcer's station, I honestly thought that he broke his neck for real. Mm. And I was, mm. like, holding my breath the whole time until we saw the replay. And I'm like, oh, okay, his hands were there. All right, good. It looked so gnarly. But that wasn't the only spot that looked that bad either. Oh, my God, yeah. Like... The whole of this match, every one of those, is it um, uh, Ikarushi, 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 um, the the move that um, Adam Cole does when he just throws them on the back of their neck, you know, like head first, where he just flicks yep. them, Ikarushi, like, every time, like, the whole match was, like, how do we make it look like someone has broken their neck more than Kota Ibushi has during a Kota Ibushi match, and, Hard to like, do. they going they just kept going and it's like there was a point when um i think tomaso champa tried to powerbomb uh adam cole through the announce table and he just slid off and i was like oh my god he hit him hard though he hit him really hard and then he just went for it again and there was just so much in this match all of those shots to the back like all the shots to the back of his spine as well like you know Every single little thing that he did at Ikigoroshi on the freaking apron, you know, and that is the hardest part of the ring. And like he did it on the apron, and like just but yeah, he just he just everywhere, yeah, like he was just oh my god. And I was like, I don't 
the first, like what was really i think what was really impressive about this and i think i have to give both men absolute credit and everyone in the back of producing the match was like i watched the match and we got to like i think it was 258 here so that would have been like two minutes left on the on the show that's when that near fall happened the one that and i was like huh i was like huh no no and like the undisputed era hadn't even come out yet like which i thought so good like because the match could have ended right there and then we were like okay and i was like oh no it's still going and then we had like the ref bump and then obviously johnny but like the johnny thing and i remember talking about it i was like oh well i guess one guy may be able to hold gold tonight and i guess that's the whole point it's this whole shades of gray thing isn't it like like johnny gargano no. Yeah, but like I love, like what I really love about Gargano and Champa and their relationship is that it's like a real relationship. Like no one's ever in the right, truly. No one's mm. ever in the wrong, truly. They've both done things to screw each other over. They've both yep. done things to help each other. They, you know, like when DIY came back as part of um, Worlds Collide, I was like, oh, that's a are they they going to team up again for some weird yeah Yeah, i was like well that's true but they did and then they fought together and then everything was cool but then like you know in a if we've forgotten about what happened before then in any other company or any promotion you might go oh they're friends now everything's cool but then you look at this and you go oh no because gargano never forgot gargano never actually forgot so again it's like oh my god why did you do that to him but good on you like at the same time i'm like it's so conflicting like it's just watching that match but seeing it and just seeing like seeing the look on champa's face you know when he's like oh you're here to help me and then i was like oh and like he took a title away and i thought oh maybe he's because even that moment as well i was like he's taking the title away maybe he's going to be like no no tomaso no champa not like this you got to do it right and then back, I was like, oh, oh damn it that bastard but uh but yeah um really really good match and um it just goes to show like i look at these two guys um and like especially at that fairy tale ending when there was a 10 count because everyone was knocked out like i am what i really really like i'm looking and i every time i look at it it's like it's looking at triple h and Shawn michaels yes it's just looking at those two guys just having it and like just having that kind of match those two guys could put that match on anywhere. It's a main event. And like, it was just, it, it's, it's just really special sometimes to see um, like how far the business has come and to see like that these two guys who would never in a million years, even five years ago, be anywhere near the top spot. Sure. Like, they've now got a brand on their shoulders and we were like, the crowd was so, so violent for it and rabid for it and like even twitter like the second it happened like gargano's name was trending they're like we do not forget like i've never seen people so emotionally invested in a show and in a match as that match and that just goes to show how good nxt can be really um and how much crap we give the wwe generally um the takeovers have always been fantastic i don't think i've ever watched a takeover where i've been bored or I've been like, meh. Like, I'll, 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 there'd be in a few maybe mehs, but then it would be like, meh overall. But oh my God, did you check that one match out? Because that was amazing. Um, 
and this was one of those matches. Uh, what a way to like continue the story as well with like Gargano and Champa. Like, I hope they never go to the main roster. Well, I hope they never go to one of the other rosters because this story needs to just continue. This is this is this is our triple. Like, like this is our um, Kevin Owens and uh, uh, I can't remember his name. I was going to say um, Sami Zayn. Yeah, Sammy. This is that, isn't it? This is this could happen everywhere. This could continue from wherever they go, and I'm here for every single second of it. And I can't wait for Tommaso Ciampa to be the sympathetic uh, babyface on Wednesday <laughs> to actually be a sympathetic babyface because we will be. Um, yeah, uh, really sad, but fun. Yeah, but sad but fun. 2020 is about to be absolutely crazy it already is off to a crazy start but this is um you know what's interesting is it, it looked like they were going to move away from from them you know the storyline between them uh on nxt but they're looking like they're right in this next chapter and to be honest i think it's needed i know this is people sometimes are like nah i think that we need to leave it alone but i think this next and i think what will be the final at least nxt chapter of their story uh i think is necessary the injuries and and the way that it ended the originally left something to be desired. So mm. the last match to end the NXT version of this feud, I think, is what they're going to work for. And what could be more special than that? It, it has given us over the past couple of years some of the best heel work, storyline, investment that we a lot of us long for in WWE and we get it with them in NXT here. Um, and that's not to take anything away from Adam Cole. Adam Cole had the most meteoric crazy 2019 other than like Will Ospreay. <laughs> so it's uh, for me, Adam Cole is, is every inch a superstar and he's got big things for him as well. But I just think that the Ciampa Johnny storyline, it kind of supersedes everything else. It doesn't mm-hmm. need a title. It doesn't need anything because it's, a, you know, to steal from Disney. It's a, a tale as old as time. When you have this kind of stuff, sure. it's good. People want that. People are invested in that. And, um, you know, it feels like, you know, you are saying Triple H, Shawn Michaels, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn. It also, in a way, feels like Stone Cold Rock. Yes. It's got that vibe. And I think that's why a lot of people can identify with this feud and and want to see more because like when when did we ever really complain about Stone Cold versus The Rock ever? I don't I don't really think that I did. Not that I can remember. I don't, I don't think I, I don't think I ever did actually either. Yeah. No, like and you're right. Like you're so right. That it's just it is like it's just sometimes there are certain things within wrestling like you know like brothers fighting like sisters fighting like families you know like those very those very very stable stories that you know tales of those time and these two friends that have been through it together and gone through it and then you know gone off on their own ways been injured and done this and done that and there's so much attention to the detail within their family like obviously Candice LeRae was involved um that first time that there was a meta commentary on professional wrestling where Tommaso Ciampa's ending, the little things coming up, the little logo, and he just goes, nah, you know what, screw it, that logo don't mean anything, we're on the network now, we can just keep going. That, you know, there's so many things that they've done which have been absolutely just 
mind blowing. Um, and I love the fact that they've gone from ripping on Bobby Roode in his in the bathroom to to this. Like it's just such a great story. I I, I can't wait for their um, their DVDs when they come out. You know, like their Blu-ray DVDs, their documentaries. Or by the time that theirs will come out, they'll probably be hologram cubes. Like, <laughs> probably. <laughs> can't wait for their hologram cubes to come out uh, on the on the neural network. I can't wait for that in the WWE <laughs> neural network. But like, it's um, it's just amazing, and like, it just it capped off a great night. It capped off an absolutely fantastic show. It certainly We're did. Left with questions. Betrayal and all, undisputed, united at the end even though they lost the gold. Some of it, not all of it. They still have their leader as a champion. He is NXT. And it makes you really excited for Wednesday. Makes you really excited for their TakeOver Mania weekend. Mm -hmm. Uh, Stuff is going to be popping off in NXT, and I'm really hoping that people get excited for it and tune in. I love AEW so very, very much. I always watch it every single Wednesday. I'm, I'm invested, but NXT is, is other than new Japan and GCW, my favorite thing, my favorite thing. There's just so much to love. And this takeover, I think showcased a lot of what it has to offer. And as you said earlier at the very beginning with Keith Lee and Dijakovic, this could be something that you could show somebody to make them want to tune in. And you mm-hmm. could really show them any of these that we watched last night when by the time we're recording, you know, Wednesday. But the last night in the pay-per-view, uh, you could show that to anybody. And I think you'd make fans. They'd at least have somebody that they would connect with. And that's the beauty yeah. of NXT. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's just it was a wonderful pay-per-view, a great takeover. Not surprising. I wouldn't be surprised if this turned out to be in people's top five list of favorite takeovers. Um, just for the amount that we got to see here and the and the fun that was had. But really, I want to thank you so much for coming on to talk with me, sharing this awesome chat about NXT TakeOver Portland. And uh, I'm really excited that we we finally got to to chat and work together. I think you're awesome. Wow. I think you're like think... The, one of the coolest out there. And if people don't listen to you, they should. Your watch-alongs are awesome. Your content, you're super creative. Uh, and I would love you to to let everybody know where they can hang out with Fowl and see what you got going on. Thanks, Queen. Like, yeah, we've been trying to get this together for a while, but thank you so much for finding the time for me as well. Um, so you can find me. Oh, actually, uh, Fowl Original can be found at link.tree slash Fowl Original. You can also find him on youtube.com slash Fowl Original Wrestling, where he watches wrestling every every watch along and stuff um and then like every wednesday and sunday at about 8 p.m gmt um you can also check out fouloriginal.com um where loads of that stuff is available to see um and also of course on twitter at foul underscore original please do people i'm sure you know him already but if you don't you're welcome uh because (laughs) you're gonna be really excited about following him so (laughs) please do so file thanks so much again it was an absolute treat and as always have a great rest of your day and please be kind to one another 